Welcome to part four of our series called Afterlife, Living with the End in Mind. We've been in the book of Ecclesiastes for several weeks. We're going to be in there again today. So if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn there, Ecclesiastes chapter three. We've been uh, talking through lots of themes with Ecclesiastes. One of those is that everything's meaningless and that uh, the toil in this world is really meaningless, especially if we're just chasing after things that are under the sun, as under the physical sun. Um, but there's this life, this afterlife that's beyond and that Christians and followers of Christ and, and believers in God should pursue that end more than anything else in this world. And that's what we've been talking about. Today we're going to be talking about something that's kind of, kind of cool and kind of fun. Uh, today we're going to be talking about time. Today we're going to be talking a lot about time. And there's a great passage of scripture there in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now I do want to remind you this morning uh, that we got a new app. It launched last week. So if you have your phone, your iPad, uh, your tablet, your device, your Android, whatever, go to the Google Play Store for Android. Go to the App Store for Apple and download the app. Just search Oakwood Enid. And in the app, in the new format, you'll be able to still find sermon notes and scriptures and all that as well as a place for prayer requests and lots of ways for you to interact with God's church. So want to be uh, mindful of that. One of my uh, favorite lines about time, uh, favorite quotes, is from the great theologian uh, Ben Franklin. Actually, he wasn't a theologian, he was a statesman and an inventor. But, uh, but he said this, do not squander time, for it is the stuff that makes up life. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually a really, that's really a, a really good statement, a really, a really true statement, is don't squander time, because it is the stuff that makes up life. And I know that if I say today we're going to talk about time, that some of you already were like, oh, man, you know, that's, that's just not a super exciting thing. And, you know, I don't, I don't really worry about time much. I mean, I don't think about time. In fact, I don't even say the word time. Uh, uh, but I, I'm here to challenge you this morning with that. I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I think our whole life revolves around time. To begin this morning, and the umbrella, I want to uh, just say that this is the statement that kind of is going to guide our time and our talk this morning is this. I want you to remember that God sees all of life's moments. God sees all of life's moments. So we need to trust him because he sees all of life's moments. He's, he knows the past and he remembers everything that you can't remember. He knows the present that we're in right now. He knows what we're going to do in the next few minutes, the next few hours, the next few days. He knows the future. He even knows your expiration date. And he even knows how that's going to happen. He is sovereign over all things. And because of that, he sees all of life's moments, all of time in our lives. Now, I want to go back and ask you again this morning, does time matter? And does time matter to you? The correct answer is yes, time matters and it does matter to you because statistically they say you will look at your clock or your phone six times during this message to find out if I'm staying on what? If I'm staying on time. Because you're thinking about what you have to go to next and you want to make sure that you make it there on time, right? You have these things all over your house. They're called clocks. Clocks tell you what? They tell you the Time, okay? You get, you get where I'm going with this. Time is a big deal. I was listening to the uh, state basketball uh, tournament on the radio, AM radio, when I was driving around yesterday, and uh, they called a time out, that coming out of half time, okay? Here's some other ways that you might use the word time in your life that you didn't think about when you were coming into this message. Um, you might need to keep something within the time frame. You might work a job, might be full-time, half-time, part-time. 
Maybe you work in real time. Maybe at work you have a timeline. And maybe you get your work in just in the nick of time. Sometimes you have to fill out a timesheet at work. And sometimes you might even work a little overtime. Sometimes your timesheet has to have a timestamp. And sometimes you need some lead time on that project, right? You're going to make sure your kids are to school on time and make sure they practice it on time. Sometimes your mom always said, hey, it's high time. Maybe it was happened at the same time. Or maybe it was a time zone, you know, like your eastern time, central time, mountain time, western time. Sometimes it's big time. Sometimes it's any time. And sometimes Deion Sanders called himself what? Prime time. Prime time. Sometimes... From time to time, time consuming, every time, all the time, in real time, double time, triple time, for the time being, seek time. But in the meantime, well, time being, one time, hang time, all the time, at a time, one at a time. Sometimes wish we had a time machine, could do the time warp. Maybe we could have some hang time. Maybe it was a time bomb. Maybe it was a period of time or a time warp or maybe it was just in time. Maybe we're having a good time, bad time, hard time. Or maybe we just have all those one at a time. I don't know. Maybe you need to take some time, some downtime, leisure time. Some of you might like a time capsule. Some of you are all about time. You're ahead of time. Sometimes it's crunch time. Uh, Reminder for next week, daylight saving time. Yeah, so... If you end up at the 11.30 next week, always tell them at the beginning not to laugh at those people, okay? So we won't laugh at you. Just come on in and join us for uh, communion (laughs) next week. And sometimes it's harvest time. You know, sometimes you have a time lag. Uh, Maybe you've heard, you know, just, just, I have no time. Uh, Maybe it's a point in time. Once upon a time, there's a time deposit, time share. Maybe it's a, a time and a half. Maybe it's just in due time, quality time. Maybe this whole exercise was just a waste of time. But I did make the point, right? Time matters. Time matters. Don't, it's not time to look at your clock yet. I'm, I mean, there's time back there on the screen for me. There's actually two times. There's a countdown time and the 10.30 a.m. time. So time's everywhere, right? And it does. It runs our lives. If If we want to be honest this morning, we are always concerned about time. We're even concerned about time in God's church because there's a time where Jesus is coming back and no one knows the time, but we know we're supposed to be ready for that time. And time is everywhere. And today, we're going to hear from Solomon, wisest man that ever lived, wisest human that ever lived and walked the face of the earth. And he's going to talk about the sovereignty of God and that he sees all of of life's moments because he is on the throne and he's sovereign over all things. And because of that, he encourages us through these words to trust in him. So let's read this, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. It says this, verse 1, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Let's pause there for a minute, take in verse 1. We've heard that before, right? Yes, some of you laughed a little bit because you've sang that before, right? You did. For everything, turn, turn. All you had to do is put turn, turn, turn in there, and you got a number one hit for a long time. You know, last week, I I don't know if you guys thought it was cool or were troubled uh, by the Rolling Stones being here and doing I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I don't know who that guy was, but that was kind of, that's kind of a scary deal for me. Uh, Kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I did ask the birds, the B-Y-R-D-S's, to come and do turn, turn, turn today, but they weren't available, so apologize for that. 
they probably would have wanted ten thousand dollars up front to come do it so but you know that song from the 60s it's the scripture that we're going to read in the passage ecclesiastes chapter three today and you just put turn 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 between it and you you got a number one hit but don't let verse one pass you this morning because it's kind of the guiding force for the the whole passage and to understand so much about life for everything 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 is going to have a season but it's just a season and there's a time for every matter that word matter also translates purpose event or activity so there's a time for every activity every purpose every event and every matter under heaven and then in a poetic form in verses 2 through 8 he gives us this list of contrasts there listen to these there's a time to be born and a time to die there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. <laughs> you could summarize that pretty easy, couldn't you? Times are changing. Always. Times are changing. Always. But there in verse 1, about verses 2 through 8, Solomon says that there is a time and a season for everything that happens under heaven. And so it's almost like he's telling us there's going to be a time to be born and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck up and harvest what is, is planted. There's a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. He goes through this that happen. Now, if we could choose from the list in verses 2 through 8, I think that we would choose all the good things, right? I mean, if we could choose our path in life, we would just simply say, hey, let's, let's pick all of the good things here. Uh, let's be born, but let's not die. And, let, and, and let's uh, harvest, but not plant. Plant makes you sweaty. And, and you know, let's find a time to, to heal. Let's find a time to build up and to laugh and to, to dance and to gather and um, uh, to embrace and, and, and to seek and to keep. And, you know, all of the positive things in life. And yet, Solomon says, well, hey, there's a season and a purpose for everything that happens under heaven. The thing is, God loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay the same. And I think as a part of that process, he allows the choice that Adam and Eve made in the garden to thrust us into the sin-fallen world, a world of decay, a world that is always moving that direction. I, I was listening to a speaker at Ozark at Christian College uh, just a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about the decay since the garden, and that, that, he, that everything's in decay, and he was telling a story about uh, his firstborn son. Um, he was born into the world, and he was about eight to ten days old. He goes, I remember after uh, giving him a bath that I was handed the uh, Johnson's baby lotion. Everybody's familiar with that, right? Love that smell, you know. It's the smell of babies, right? Johnson's. And he said, I began to put this lotion on my son's skin, knowing that if I didn't do that, he would what? He would dry out. 
He said he began crying, got tears in his eyes. Wife walks up, he's like, what's, what's, what's going on? He said, the decay has already begun. Eight days old. There's a time. And there's a season. And it doesn't just stop here in this life. There's a time and season for everything under heaven. There's a time and season for everything beyond our life in this world, too. And there's a purpose. You see... God allows us to also have times and seasons of the things on the list of verses 2 through 8 that we don't want in our life, that we struggle with, the things that would cause us pain, the things that hurt, the things that sting, the things that bother us, and the things that maybe stretch us a little. You see, God loves us so much than to let us stay the way we are. And you see, the people who never get stretched and who never get hurt and who never mourn, as I go through life, I find out that they turn out to be self-centered, self-sufficient, spoiled, rotten, and sometimes vicious people. And sometimes God's work is done best when there is a season of sorrow, a season of pain. Everything has a purpose in its time. And I want to tell you this morning and assure you this morning that God uses it all, even when we don't understand it. And we're going to unpack that in just a few minutes but there is a time and a purpose for everything the good and the bad now I want you to think about this uh, for a moment uh, many of you in this room have uh, been around a person that's pregnant maybe your wife has been pregnant maybe you're a wife that's that's you know been pregnant but that that's a that's a wonderful thing that's something we can get pretty excited about right I mean, do you remember how exciting it was maybe for your first child, maybe it was your, you know, it was your first grandchild, but you've been around someone that, that found out they were pregnant. And how exciting that is, they, they take the test, or maybe they, whoa. Maybe they take the test, maybe they, they, they find out, maybe um, in the office they go to the doctor, and, and it's, just, it's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, how exciting that is. And then they get in the first trimester. And for many women, what they experience that for, first trimester is called the morning sickness, Right? There's morning sickness. It's like, wow, you know, it's like there's, there's uh, you know, I'm not feeling good. And, and they're starting to rethink this whole pregnancy thing. You know, it's like I'm throwing up every morning and I can't have my favorite foods anymore. And, you know, the, the sound of things that are just normal, you know, don't sound good anymore. Cheese, you know, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I want to throw up cheese. I don't want cheese anymore. You know, it's just weird things. It's different for everybody. And, you know, they kind of go through this exciting phase and it's good. And then it kind of goes, you know, sick. But then they get to the second and third trimester, right? The morning sickness goes away and they're like, hey man, I'm feeling pretty good. And, you know, they're on those prenatal vitamins and the hair and their makeup are going really well. And they, you know, you've always heard of the women having the pregnancy glow. It's prenatal vitamins. Okay. That's what it is. It's so it's a beauty tip for all of you out there. That's why my wife looks so good as she just takes prenatal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but those, you know, you know, there's a pregnancy glow and you're kind of having fun. You're looking for it and you, you start, the, you know, getting the, the, the baby's room together. And you're getting all this stuff. You get really excited. And then you get to the day. Well, actually, before the day is the Braxton Hicks, right? Which is like some warning signs. Hey, you're going to be some pain here in this childbirth. There's going to be some contractions here. But we get to the day where the baby's going to be born. And, and there's all this anticipation. There's all this joy. You're so excited. And then there's... 
Labor. <laughs> labor will make you think twice about having a baby, won't it? And some of you, I find out every woman has a labor story, and every labor story is different. Uh, for my wife, my sweet uh, little wife, uh, when we had our firstborn, Madeline, uh, the, the, uh, we were all about the epidural. I figure if God you know, gave us the ability to invent something like that, every good and perfect gift comes from heaven above, and so we're going to use that. And so uh, we'd plan on using it, but it didn't take. Uh, she had it uh, administered twice by an anesthesiologist, I'm up there in Colorado, and uh, yeah, did, didn't take, and so uh, birth experience, you know, everybody's like got these videos and these television shows, you know, look at our birthing experience, and mom's all calm, like reading a book, you know, oh, it's like push, push, you know, that was not how it was for us, it was like contraction, throw up, contraction, throw up, and that would have been a great video for 19 hours of labor, but anyway, but we, we do, you know, and the thing is you go through all of that, and you're in the middle of it, and it's desperate, and it's painful, and you're, boy, you're really thinking twice about this pregnancy thing, right, until the baby's born, then you have a baby, and it's awesome, and you love the baby, and you're excited, and you're showing off the baby, and you name the baby, you bring the baby home, and you have all those things to be excited about, and, all the, and then you can't sleep, you know, when you're like, whoa, what did we done? <laughs> we'll never sleep again, you know, and, but then, you know, it's like, okay, then they kind of, okay, now they're sleeping through the night, and you know, you go through all these phases, and you see, just from, just a simple thing like pregnancy and having a child, the good and the bad, there's a season for everything, and every season brings about God's desired end result, and God is sovereign over that, and he's over all the seasons, and he's over all the time, But times, just remember, no matter what season you're in, some of you are in a good season right now, some of you are in a bad season, just remember, it doesn't matter what season you're in, times are always changing. Times are changing. The second thing we get from the scripture this morning in verses 9 through 11 is that everything has function and purpose in his time. Everything has function. There's actually a function and a purpose in his time. Let's read those verses together, beginning with verse 9. It says, what gain has the worker from his toil? We've heard that theme before, right? Verse 10, I have seen that busyness that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He's seen the busyness. He's seen what God's given them. And look what he says in verse 11, that he, this is talking about God, he has made everything beautiful in its what? Time. Also, he has put eternity, eternal time, into man's heart. Yet, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. He can't. Man, notice, let's read it again. He says that, that he, this is talking about man, that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning till the end. We can't and won't always understand the Lord, his purposes, his timing, and his plan. And there, there, there is a function to this. And the function that, that he says there, after, you know, in verse 11, he says that he's made everything beautiful in its time, that even out of bad and horrible circumstances can come great things for God's kingdom, can come great things for life. That, that sometimes, you know, you look back at things. I was thinking of a, of a, a famous preacher that had, had brain cancer for years, and he wasn't able to, to preach or, or to speak during that season. And then he got 10 years on the other side of it. And he said, my perspective now to 10 years ago, that was horrible. It was dark. It was sad. It was a test of faith. It was hard on my family. It was hard on my kids. It was hard on my wife. But on the other side of that 10 years later, I look back at that season. I look back at the thing that was bad, the thing that was painful, the thing that was the struggle. I look back at that now, and I see good out of it. 
There's a lot of good that came out of there. There's a lot of faith building that happened there. There are a lot of people I never met, but I only know them through what I went through. There's, there's a lot of things that have changed in your perspective. And see, God is above all that and sees all of it. But So there's a function for it in growing us in our faith in Him. And there's always a purpose in it as well. The purpose is to grow us in our faith. Now let's remember what faith is, the way I memorized it in the uh, NIV, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Uh, it says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. Now we look at verse 11 in our text, and what does he say there? Uh, that also, he being God, has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. You can't know. And guess what? That's a prerequisite for faith in God. Is that you can't know and you don't know, and you choose... To be certain for what you hope for. Certain of what you do not see. In Hebrews 11 verse 6, just a few verses after Hebrews 11, 1 there, it says this. Without that faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, we cannot understand God's timing. We cannot understand God's plan in all things. But we need to put our faith in him because he's over all the seasons, all the times, and everything going on in our life. And even when the bad things happen that he's allowing in our life, he is still on the throne. He's still sovereign on all. He still knows about it. And he's still going to use it in a way sometimes to grow us. But he uses it all. Nothing is wasted. So if you're one of those that you've been seeking the will of God and wanting to understand God, you need to understand. You will never know it all. His ways are so much higher and better than our ways. You wouldn't even want to try to comprehend God his plan would blow your mind. You wouldn't be able to handle it. You can't even fathom it. But so many times we struggle with the why. I was around a, seeing some three-year-olds and four-year-olds this week, and as around that age a kid, I, I was reminded of how they sometimes question, they sometimes ask why. I remember when uh, Abigail, my middle daughter, went through that phase. Uh, she was so cute. And I just remember riding in the car, and she's just asking why about everything, right? It's like they're learning their colors, and the stoplight turns red. And why is the light red? Because uh, it's telling me to stop. Why is it telling you to stop? Well, so I don't hit another car. Why, you know, you want to hit another car? He's just like, why, 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 why? And, you know, there's this, it's actually part of their development that all children go through this. Um, there's deeper whys that happen later as they're building the logic side of their brain, trying to understand cause and effect and those things. Um, and later you get some hard whys, right? Like when, when they're seven, eight, nine years old, why, why did grandpa have to pass away? Why, why did the kid at school get sent home for a week? Why did sister Sally hit me? Why? You know, it goes from just, you know, the red light, green light, and the cause and effect, and why is the sky blue, and why are the clouds in the sky white, and why did God put them there? It goes from that stuff into some more relational stuff, but we all go through the phase of why. And you can ask God why, and you can cry out to God why, and we see characters in the Bible that do it. But the answer, I think, is found in the text, Ecclesiastes 3.11. That we cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. We, we, we can't know it all. And because of that, he's growing us in our faith. Because we don't need to know it all. Everything has function. Everything has purpose in his time. 
the faith and function of not knowing is trusting God. Third thing this morning, as we are going to continue reading our passage, verses 12 and 13, uh, we learn that we need to be joyful, that we need to do good and enjoy the fruits of your labor. I mean, he's kind of given us some answers to, to what we've been questioning for the last several weeks. There's a season for everything. There's a season for some good things in life. Let's look at verse 12. He says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. There, you know, last week it was can't get no satisfaction. There might be some satisfaction in the fact that you work and you earn something. And God's saying here you get to enjoy that. Eat and drink and, and, and take pleasure in the toil, in the work, in what you have earned. This is God's gift to man. God's actually given us a gift here that we can enjoy some of those things. But before that, in verse 12 and 13, he, he talks there, first of all, about being joyful. I love joyful people. I love hanging around joyful people. Fact is, you do too. We kind of get sick of the negativity, right? No one wants to be around negative Nelly. And if your name is Nelly, I'm not calling you negative, okay? But the fact is, we like to be around joyful people. And that we should be a joyful people, smiling. That we should... There should be this contagious happiness when we walk into a room that just lifts the spirit of the room. And he says there in, the, in, in verse 13 that, that we should, or in verse 12, that we should be joyful and that we should also do good. We need to combat the negativity. I mean, I remember being, uh, going through a time in life where you could actually watch the news and not be like so negative and depressed. I remember when you could watch political talk and political debates and different things and not be like just so negative. I mean, slamming each other. I mean, there's some low blows going on in the world today, right? But it used to be able to have like civilized talk and then we could talk about issues and not about each other personally. And then we could actually talk through and work through the issues and find out what you were about on the issues. And, but it's just so negative today. The tone of everything is negative. And sometimes you have those people in your life. You can think of them right now. You can name them. They are negative, and you don't want to be around that. He says to be joyful. He says also to do good. Because there's joy in serving. There's, there's joy in loving another person, giving to, giving to them, helping them, doing good. Doing good things is always enjoyable. And then he goes on and he says, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Because there, there is some satisfaction with that. You know, when you go out and, and you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a rocking chair. And, and you go out and you buy the wood and you buy the, the screws and the nails. And then you, you, know, you plane the wood and you get it all just right. And you build it. And you stand back from that and you go, ha. Huh. You know, I, I, I made something here of value. That's something I can enjoy. I can sit in it. I can even actually rock in it. It's a little, you know, rocks to the right a little bit further than the left. But, you know, I made it. It's good. And, then I, you know, I can enjoy. There's some satisfaction in that it's the first time that we've kind of read that in this book that we can actually have some enjoyment from our toil that there would actually be some enjoyment that this is what does it say there that this is god's gift to man that we can enjoy life here in this world we just can't be caught up in life here in this world but we need to remember that all of this is under the sovereign ways and the sovereign timing and the sovereign seasons of the Lord God Almighty. And through it all, I'll go back to what I said at the very beginning. God sees 
all of life's moments. So we need to trust in Him. I want you to choose today to always trust the Lord. Always trust the Lord. Because when you're going through the seasons that He talks about, time to laugh, it's great, it's fun. A time to mourn. Maybe it's in those seasons of mourning that you're leaning into God more. It's when you don't have answers in life. God says, trust me. You don't have to take that on. You don't have to know. You don't have to have all of the answers. You don't have to. I'm taking that burden off of you. You may say, well, God, I don't understand. You don't need to understand. Well, why, God? Because I understand. And I'm over time. And all the time things that run your life and manage your life, I'm the one that's over the seasons. And there is an expiration date on every human that's born. You don't know what it is, right? If you could predict it, you might live different. I mean, if you knew today, hey, I've got like 10 days to live, you might live your life a little different right now. You might see some priorities shift. And God says, hey, no one's going to know that. You don't even need to worry about that. I'm over that department. You need to understand these times and seasons are coming, but you just need to trust in me. And you can't know it all because I want you to have faith in me. Sure of what you hope for. Certain of what you do not see. Put your faith and your trust in me. And always trust the Lord. Even when the bad season comes, always trust the Lord. And when the good times come, don't forget about them. Still, in those moments, always trust the Lord. And even with whatever happens in the world, whatever happens with elections, whatever happens with coronavirus, whatever happens with anything in life, always trust the Lord. He's not surprised. He's not got something that, whoops, it slipped out of his control. He knows the beginning and he knows the end. And just remember the end. Even in our Bible, what does it say in Revelation? There will be a day in heaven. Where there's no more pain. There's more, no more sorrow. And he's going to wipe every tear from your eye. Because you're going to be in the glory and the presence of the one who is in control of it all along. And so we choose to put our faith in Him. We choose to trust in the Lord. Let's pray. God, I thank You that we trust in You because You are our Heavenly Father. You're the one that we love. You're the one that we put our faith in. And that's what You desire, God. But there's many of us here this morning, Lord, that maybe we have never, maybe we've never made that decision fully for You. We're one of those that, yeah, we'll trust you with this, but we're not going to trust you with that. We try to pick and choose the areas of life. And you say, hey, every season under heaven, every season under heaven, I am over. And there is a time and there is a purpose. There's a, an activity. There's, there, there's an event. There's a matter for and a time for everything that happens under heaven. 
And God, you being the one that's ultimately over that, we are called to submit ourselves to you and to trust in a mighty and holy God to put all of our trust in you. And God, this morning as we sing this song, we have this opportunity to respond by, by getting up out of our seat and by walking over to the decision room. And Lord, I just pray if anyone needs a conversation, maybe they just need a prayer. Maybe they just need support. Maybe they just need to go talk to someone about their relationship with you and about trusting you or, or trusting you again. God, I pray, use this time to stir our hearts and our minds. And God, thank you for being the God who is in control, the God who has all the answers, the God that knows the beginning and the end. And even when we can't know, Lord, we choose to trust in you. And we pray it in Jesus' name.